Welcome back. It's midday. I'm Tom Hall. By the way, coming up Monday on our show, a conversation with the acclaimed author Alice McDermott. She's a National Book Award winner, a Pulitzer Prize finalist, and really just one of the most beloved writers in all of American letters. Her new novel is set in Vietnam in the earliest days of the war, and it is a gem. I just finished it. It's terrific. It's called Absolution, and Alice McDermott will join me to talk about it Monday on midday. And a few weeks ago, the Baltimore Orioles and the Maryland Stadium Authority announced a memorandum of understanding that would extend the team's lease at Camden Yards and provide state money for redevelopment of the area around the stadium. Just last week, plans to reimagine another Baltimore landmark, Harbor Place, were announced by local developer David Bramble of MCB Real Estate. My next guest is an urban planner on the faculty of Morgan State University. Dr. Daniel Campo is the chair of the Department of Graduate Built Environment Studies and the director of Morgan's graduate program in city and regional planning at the School of Architecture and Planning. He's also the author of the upcoming book, Post-Industrial DIY, Recovering American Rust Belt Icons. And Dr. Campo joins us on Zoom from New York. Welcome back. Good to talk to you. Great to be here, Tom. So when it comes to developing places like Camden Yards or places like Harbor Place or even uh, Harbor East and Harbor Point, which are uh, well well along that redevelopment path, um, it's interesting that uh, both of those projects, Camden Yards and Harbor Place, appear now to be kind of developer-driven rather than driven by some overarching plan by the city or the state. Um, is that normal? Uh, and in your experience, is that the right way to go about deciding what these uh, very central areas of town should look like? Well, you've hit you've hit on uh, a crux of a very big issue, Tom. And the it is, in a sense, normal uh, in the United States. Most cities depend on the private sector to develop property and redevelop property and um, typically not just in baltimore but across the united states cities are trying to often catch up in their plans so it is quite normal i think baltimore is more dependent on the private sector than uh, most cities and um, it raises many questions uh, about city priorities and about the use of public property. And we're seeing this here with both Camden Yards and uh, the Inner Harbor. You know, uh, David Bramble, who is a Baltimore born and bred guy, uh, who's developed projects, you know, all around the country and is working on several big projects in addition to Harbor Place here in Baltimore. Um, his suggestion for Harbor Place um, has met with great support in some uh, sectors and uh, great opposition already, and it, it's only been uh, out there for a while. It it gives people the impression that it's a done deal. I mean, there are very pretty pictures that the architecture firms have uh, put together. You can go to a website and see uh, these, you know, drawings of what it what it might look like, what Harbor Place might look like. When you look at those drawings, when you hear that there's a press conference and there's the mayor and the governor and the Senate president standing behind Mr. Bramble, uh, and then there's a, a city councilman, Eric Costello, who leaves the press conference, goes down to City Hall and immediately, immediately files uh, legislation to change the zoning of Harbor Place uh, to make 
what Mr. Bramble wants to do uh, feasible. Um, when when you see that, um, what do you think? What's your take on uh, how this process has unfolded so far and what they've come up with? And what do you think is going to happen? Those are all great questions. So there's a lot of things that the plan addresses that are absolutely necessary. Um, everyone knows that um, the inner, that places in any urban place needs continuous investment and the Harbor Place pavilions and the inner harbor overall are at that moment where uh, we need to do something more than just clean it up. We, we need to do some maintenance. We need to address climate change. Um, we need to think about uh, the economy of those spaces and how they relate to the city. And, and I, I commend uh, MCB Real Estate Bramble's firm and uh, Gensler, the the architect, the the overall architecture firm, for the project, uh, for addressing some of these important questions. Um, but by the same token, you ask about process, and it it seems it seems like this plan kind of came. I wouldn't say come out of nowhere, but it certainly wasn't coordinated with. Uh, with the city in a kind of meaningful way other than a kind of check off at the highest level, right? Um, the the plan doesn't build upon the Inner Harbor Master Plan, which was the now a decade, at least a decade ago. Um, it doesn't, uh, it, it's very, as you said, the the images are very, very attractive and catchy, but it's kind of delivered complete. And we don't have a sense of how any of these um, proposed improvements will uh, mesh with the rest of the city and, and how they'll be, who will pay for them, um, how one of the major commendable things of the plan or the, the narrowing of Pratt and Light streets, who's gonna pay for that, how that will work, what that will do to traffic in the city. Um, these are all uh, questions that need to be worked out and need to be worked out in a kind of public forum that until last week we haven't even begun yet. Dr. Daniel Campo is the director of the graduate program in city and regional planning at the School of Architecture and Planning at Morgan State University. We're talking about Harbor Place and Camden Yards and how things are getting uh, done in the in terms of the process of redeveloping downtown. 410-662-8780 or email midday at wipr.org if you'd like to chime in. And Dr. Campo, um, what is the proper entity for a sort of grand vision, a, a master plan? You mentioned the Harbor Master Plan that's about a decade old now. What is the proper uh, group? I mean, you've got these uh, interesting layers of who even has domain over some of these spaces. I mean, the state uh, and the Maryland Stadium Authority, which is a state agency, runs Camden Yards and rents it to the Orioles and the areas around Camden Yards. And the Orioles are asking for the state to give them uh, some of those areas right around the stadium. Harbor plays. David Bramble bought it. I mean, he owns uh, a good chunk of it. And then there's the public right-of-ways, the Light Street, Pratt Street, which the city owns. So there's all these different layers of people who who actually own the buildings and the areas around the buildings in these areas. What is the proper place in, in the government for, 
or maybe it's not the government. Maybe it's something else, uh, extra governmental. What, what's the proper entity to, to decide how these things could be coordinated? Well, you've, you've hit upon a major problem, and there are certainly a lot of stakeholders to these plans and people who have ownership interests, as you've noted. Uh, but the city of Baltimore has a department of planning. There's a lot of very competent, capable, smart, creative people in that department of planning. And uh, they should be setting the vision and leading the planning involving all of these different entities, including you know, downtown partnership, the waterfront partnership, um, Bramble, all of these different state agencies uh, must be brought together in a meaningful way. And I think yesterday I, I listened in on the um, Baltimore's Urban Design and Architecture Advisory Panel yesterday. There was a hearing and um, the, the project was presented and uh, the panel had a lot, a lot of concerns. And uh, uh, one of those concerns was that indeed the the project seems to be delivered complete and creates this this vision but is is kind of vague about um, a lot of important details and where is the where do private interests start and the public interests begin private property public property that that would be one of them yeah i mean and they're basically saying uh, according to press reports i did not listen to that hearing but According to press reports, it's saying, you know, slow down. Let's 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 take a breath here. Uh, let's not move ahead too quickly. Um, and and when it comes to to Camden Yards, uh, we don't even have drawings. I mean, uh, the, the the Orioles talk about creating a space for live, work, and play, and that's about it. Uh, it, it that's kind of vague, it seems to me. It's uh, very vague. It's yeah. very vague. It, it seems like. Right. We're supposed to give the Orioles $600 million, the property around the stadium, $600 million to the Ravens as well, and say, go, go ahead, do whatever you like. Um, a complicated agreement in the works. There's, there's other um, money that the city will be foregoing, getting and foregoing. Uh, again, nobody is saying that the Ravens and the Orioles aren't important uh, property stakeholders and that these teams these teams are part of the cultural fabric of of this the region without question nobody wants them to to go but to just sort of hand them property in a blank check seems like uh, a poor public policy of course baltimore's not alone in that in that respect i mean this is the kind of the norm across the country and uh Public investments in stadiums don't actually, the literature is really clear, but don't actually pay for themselves in any meaningful way. They're, they're kind of a, a public policy losing proposition, but yet these teams have this cultural value in the upper hand. They can always threaten to go somewhere else, go to Nashville, perhaps, right? Um, so it, it's, it's a very difficult and fraught uh, negotiation, but surely the the city and state and the stadium authority could do better and and think about 1.2 billion dollars what that might do um in in other arenas in the city including the inner harbor we're talking about uh, hundreds of millions to do public improvements in the inner harbor the the red line and so on yeah i was at the ravens game last night 
and, you know, the fourth quarter of that game didn't really even begin until about 11 o'clock at night, and the stadium was, remained packed, and people had a great time, and we won the game, and there was an incredible wild excitement in that place. So in terms of the, the payback for any state investment in building that stadium, there's, there's certainly, you know, there's a psychic income uh, that comes uh, with having a team like the Ravens or the Orioles this year who had such a wonderful year. Uh, and there's a lot of excitement. So that needs to be, you know, figured into this somehow. I think um, Mr. Bramble, uh, the mayor, uh, have mentioned, you know, the, the community output that they solicited prior to coming up with this plan. Um, they, the mayor dropped the term 10,000, uh, you know, responses uh, from, the, from people in the community. Do you have the sense, based on the other communities that you've looked at, you've looked at Buffalo and Pittsburgh and a bunch of other places, um, that there was, in fact, in this instance, um, pretty adequate uh, or even commendable community input before MCB Real Estate, uh, you know, settled on a, a plan that they wanted to present publicly? It's important to note that doing meaningful community engagement is so difficult. Everybody wants to tell you that we've talked to the community, we've got the communities back, we, we've we've talked to all these people, we're, we're doing what they want to do. Everybody wants to claim that, but actually doing it is very difficult to do it in a meaningful way. And then incorporating what you hear, the process into the plan. The, in the case of uh, Harbor Place, that process, which was funded pu- publicly funded, um, started. I mean, it was it was a basically just happened over the summer, mm-hmm. um, and they talked to two thousand ten that ten thousand people in some form or another communicated with them, but it it seemed awful quiet. A lot of people that I that I regularly converse with were, wasn't aware. I wasn't aware that that process was going yeah. on, and they did it from June and July finished in early september yeah Um, it seems like it it doesn't seem like it was done in a meaningful way uh a way that captures um robust and diverse voices uh, across the city and region and they they probably would dispute that but um i'm sure uh, and of course we would we will uh uh, continue to ask them uh, and great experts like you about it as we continue to Pay attention to this as it evolves. Dr. Daniel Campo, he's the director of the Graduate Program in City and Regional Planning at the School of Architecture and Planning at Morgan State and the author of the upcoming book, Post-Industrial DIY, Recovering American Rust Belt Icons. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. And coming up next, a theater review with Jay Wynn Russick. She'll share her thoughts about Sweet Charity at the Motor House in a production by Be More Broadway. Judy's with us after a quick break. I'm Tom Hall. Stay with us. This is 881 WYPR.